We are not affiliated with, nor do we represent Alcoholics Anonymous. We are simply here sharing our experiences, strength, and hope so that hopefully we can help someone through another day. Hi, everybody. I'm Vicki. I'm Lynn. And I'm Bree. And, and we, we are Telling on Ourselves. ourselves. Telling, telling on ourselves, telling, telling on ourselves, telling all the way. Telling, 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 telling on ourselves. Hey! In case you didn't get it, that was Jingle, Jingle Bells. Bells. Yes. Yes, we did rehearse that, so yeah, FYI. A couple times. Please be impressed. We had to take a couple takes. <laughs> there were, yes, there were outtakes. There was so. a take one, take two. And my OCD got a little in the way. No, thank you, Bree. I don't you, OCD about much, right? I, I mean, like I'm, your OCD. It's, you. But you had good. a good point. It's yeah. good for our people. Yes, because we care hard. Yes. We, we do care. we do everything hard. <laughs> we care At a least lot. I do. <laughs> so here we are the week before Christmas. Not real. No, we're two weeks before Christmas. A week and a half. Okay, thank I you. I mean, it's coming. Ten days. Ten it's days. Coming. But this is our last episode before Christmas because we've got lots of things to do the weekend before, including I'm going down to the KY. Yeah, Kentucky. <laughs> That's right. And then we will do one on the 29th, I believe. Yeah, but so we we're taking a week off. So, um, you know, have fun without us. Yeah, we're going to close out 2019 with a fun episode. Yeah. But, yep. We don't but, have a topic. So if you guys have topic ideas, please put them into the Facebook page, the please. Instagram, mm-hmm. or you can send us an email to telling on ourselves three at gmail.com. Dot com. Like yeah. all, well, I was just going to, you know, slide into our DMs. That's like with the millennials and the, what's the generation after mine? The Y's? The, mm-hmm. ge- the Y's. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, Z. Z, Generation Z, it is. Yeah, I'm X. Okay. So, I'm X too. Yeah. Yeah, slide, in, slide into our DM with those sure. topics. And what about the Viscos? What the are Visco, the Viscos? Visco girls? Oh, we'll talk about this later. Okay. Oh, goody gum It's jobs. so fun. Ooh, yippee. I'm a, I was a Visco girl back in the day, and I didn't even know it. Ooh, <laughs> like a video disco? No. Okay. Is it like what uh, the modern day hipster is? It's it's a crunchy, oh, it's crunchy. Um, oh, okay. tween and teen. Oh. Super crunchy. All con- well, you know the girl from Sweden that was ridiculed by our leader of oh, this yeah, world? Oh, yeah, Greta? Yeah, she's, she's a Visco girl per se you know, because they have... Um, a uh, big visceral learning curve. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> concerned about the environment and the life right. that we're um, going to lead in twenty years or less because of our irresponsibilities. But that is not a topic for today. Today, our topic is forgiveness. So I guess maybe it kind of is because we got to learn some forgiveness to move to on. Mother Earth, we have to, you know, or we have to, we have to um, behave in a way that she wants to forgive us. Love our mother. Yeah. Well, and following up with last week's episode, mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about forgiveness because I'm like, I hope people are forgiving me. I kind so. of, I kind of figured that that would be a, a hand in hand. Yes, a good little dovetail for last week's uh, first thought wrong. We didn't talk about it with Bree because she had some important business to attend to before she got here. But I have a first thought wrong unless you. Okay, then I will do it. Yeah, and she took af- the first song wrong of she the year a, last week. She took a big hit. I'm good for the year, guys. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I didn't want to assume. Hey, well, <laughs> thanks do for that second, stepping up. Absolutely. Doing the first so we will talk about forgiveness right after the first thought wrong. So I, if you do not know, work for a community center that services my um, primarily senior citizens. 
And every year we have this awesome holiday dinner dance. We have call it holiday now instead of Christmas. And um, it is a fundraiser for local charities within the actual community Lake Zurich. It's not even just a statewide. It's our community. We um, uh, raise donations for that. So it's like, you know, we do like the fun raffles and then we do other types of donations. All the bar proceeds goes to that. And people get dressed up. We have a band and Actually, it was a DJ that played at instruments, too. He was really good. And they dance. They cut a rug. It's so funny. I have this one video of all the ladies out doing the electric slide. And there was like 50 ladies on the floor. It was so cute. So anyway, lots and lots and lots of fun. And we get a caterer because my little kitchen space cannot feed 200 people. So I just kind of help coordinate with the caterer. And then I coordinate the servers for because our board of trustees are the ones that serve the community. It's, you know. Again, one of those service things. Um, the The space that we use is a Catholic church that's pretty near our community center because it has a bigger ballroom than what we have at our space. And the, one of our employees is a volunteer with a food pantry there. I know this is long and convoluted, but it's going to make sense. So she is kind of our go-to representative of the space, and then I'm my go the go-to representative of our group. So we kind of work together. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I got there on Friday afternoon and was setting things up, and she got there. And I noticed there was um, a little bit of defensiveness with her. Like I'd ask her a question, and I got kind of snappy replies. And I was defensive once or twice, like, well, we just need to do this. And then I realized she was feeling territorial. She was feeling like I might be trying to overstep her authority or whatever it was. Again, it's not my job to figure out her motivations. It's just to monitor my reactions. But once I monitored my reactions, I'm like, okay, just let it go. She just needs to do her thing and be respectful of her space and her her authority. Everything was fine after that. But I got my dander up a couple of times, and I was, and I almost went to somebody else and like, well, she's doing so and so is doing blah blah. I'm like, I don't need to tell anybody this. It's just let it go and understand that she needs to do her thing, and that doesn't, and it's not going to affect the way I'm able to execute my responsibilities. But it took me a minute, and that's that. Bree's looking at me like so sweetly right now. Well, because I'm just, it makes me so happy to hear stories of when we get that second thought right, you mm-hmm. know, and I have been living in a place of many first thought wrongs the last couple of months. Yeah. So I, it also gives me hope. I'm like, okay, I can get back to that contentedness where I'm not taking everything so personally when people step on my toes. I'm not, you know, reaching across to punch them in the face. I'm like, okay, that must have been an accident or that's something going on with them. I don't need to right. retaliate. And if I do, I can also reel it back, you mm-hmm. know? So I was just having this epiphany today also that I was not really living in 10 and 11 and that probably had something to do with the slow decline. Um, and part of that 10 is making amends wherever possible. And right. I was not doing that. I was taking resentments into my sleep every single night, whether it was against Dave or someone, you know, there, mm-hmm. and that wasn't healthy. So I just think for you, Thank you know, you. you were able to let go of this resentment. Mm-hmm. You know, you you said you got your danders up. I got my dander up. You got your dander up a couple <laughs> times, but then you were able to step back and really not make it about you and how you were feeling and just mm-hmm. be of service. Um, so I, I don't know. I just really admire that. Thank you. And if you would clarify, what's step 11? Oh, well, step 10 is making you, direct amends wherever uh-huh. possible. Um, 
any reference oh, to Levitt. You no, know, that was yeah. Step ten is continued to take a personal inventory, and when Thank we're you. wrong, promptly yeah. admitted it. Right. And eleven is sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. I've had a friend that's been kind of struggling with a close relationship, and we were talking it through, and I said. What I'm learning, and I'm by no means an expert or even good at this sometimes, is that at the end of the day, no matter what transpired between people, am I okay with what I did? And that means if it makes, you know, do my inventory, look at what I did, and was I truthful, was I honest, did I do things from a true heart without spite or without anger? And if I can say yes to all that, then I can go to bed that night and sleep peacefully. And I think it is so important to do that mm-hmm. every night, if possible, yeah. as regularly as, as right. you can. And I did not. like Well, and at least once a day. So I was at a meeting. checking. Yeah. yeah. I was at a meeting yesterday, and we were talking about Step 10. And um, one of the gals does a uh, Step 10 inventory with her friends in the morning. Every morning they do it. And they what they've added to it was they, you know, they were, was I resentful? Is there something I need to talk to someone about? You know, the questions. And then they also put in, what did I do today for self-care? And um, I like that. And then what I used to do with my sponsor back in the day was I would do every night we would get on a call at nine and we would do a 15-minute run-through of the questions that are in the book, big book, about like, was I resentful? Did I, you know, was I thinking about myself too much? All that stuff. Um, so I think as long as we're doing it once a day, mm-hmm. we wait, we can wake up clean or we go to bed clean. That's what I always say right. because I, I think when we don't, the person that gave a lead gave a really good lead, and what she was talking about was a poop bag, and it's a it's a good story. And she was saying how she she was walking her dog, and she's really kind of self righteous about people not cleaning up their dog poop. And she was um, doing her thing, and her dog pooped, and she basically dropped the poop bag. But then there was this other dog, and she had two dogs, so they were trying to. You know, it got hectic. You know how that goes. And so she was trying to avoid it, but she realized she dropped the poop, and it's a big dog. So it was a big poop, but it was in a bag. Mm -hmm. It was in a bag. So she went home, and she kept thinking about this poop bag, but she didn't go back and do anything about it, and she kept thinking about it, and it was just like running like an app in the back of her head. And so finally when she got back, or I think it was in the morning the next day when she woke up, she's like, okay. She went, and she walked up to the poop bag, and she picked it up and brought it home and for me what's so it's a it's a little thing but it's like you know that your integrity wasn't there right you have this poop bag that's sitting there in everybody's way you got your shit out there and and it's not how we want to live right we want to do the right thing I mean I know my dog has little poops and I even go back if I don't have a bag let's say I've run out of a bag I'm such a spaz hole that I will go back and get that little poop. And, and one of my friends is like, oh, my God, if it rains or something, it'll just go right away. It's fine. Just leave it. I'm like, no, I really can't because mm-hmm. it's just rude. And, you know, little poop sticks in the crevices of your shoes just like big poop. Yes, it does. Now, there's a metaphor for life. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a really good story, too. Yeah, that's that, really that good. That integrity piece. And when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, those little things, they, they do bother you. They do. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to this friend about, you know, the keeping your side of the street clean. And I said, what I'm learning, and it's it, it was like I had a little light bulb moment not too long ago. 
I, I know the phrases let go and I know the phrases of forgiveness. I didn't know the action or I didn't understand the action that it took to be able to let go. And cleaning my side of the street is such an important component. And I just hadn't linked those. It seems Captain Obvious over here, Bree, it seems so obvious. But for me to um, take care of all the, the things that I didn't feel right about and to be honest and to be true... When I go to sleep that night, that's how I'm able to let go. And it was like this huge epiphany for me. And sometimes doing the work is not necessarily with the person that you were a, a doobie with, you know? Like, um, <laughs> I was going to say the other one, but like yeah. a DB, right? Yeah. Um, because, like, let's say you're, you're a jackal to the person at Walgreens in the line, and you can't really go back there because they're not working again, or, you know, finding them there again isn't necessarily going to be easy. So what you can do is make a concerted effort to other people mm -hmm. to not do that again. Or you can take responsibility for it when you are doing your cleaning up and being like, yeah, I was a jerk. I need to I need to check myself before I wreck myself. Mm -hmm. Because well, what happens is if we keep doing these little, it's almost like the little behaviors are worse than the big ones. And that's what we talked about at that meeting. Those little behaviors that are just like running and and you know when you're crabby you get itchy you talked about being itchy and you get itchy and you just you kind of condone that behavior because well one lie I'm just gonna lie again and it's nobody's business and ugh, it just can become really right. it can take you down so letting go is very difficult it is very difficult and when I was kind of stewing in it before I was able to to do the let go and understand it wasn't about me that I so badly wanted to tell somebody I wanted someone on my side to validate my feelings and that's you know that's just a human nature thing is that when we're feeling hurt or injured or defensive we need we need that fan there to go yeah you, you have every right you are completely justified to feel that way does that and again does that change any outcomes no well so are you saying you shouldn't have that no, you shouldn't be finding someone because it's not going to change anything. By going to another person and getting them to commiserate with you, it's still not changing how you feel. Can I can I Please. throw something out there? Yeah. What about going to someone and telling on yourself and letting it go that way? What about like talking to someone and taking responsibility instead mm -hmm. of commiserating? That's exactly the difference. And what I wanted to do was gossip. Okay. I didn't. Gotcha. I didn't want to to own my part of it. I just wanted to gossip, and that was like that's the urge. I had to fight that urge almost more than the urge to snap back. Ooh, girl. Mm -hmm. So Thursday, no Ooh, Friday, Friday. I was headed to a meeting, and I had called Vicky before you went to the airport to pick your friend up. Do you remember? I called to tell on myself. I was having, you know negative thoughts about an interaction I had with somebody and I kept you know telling you like I'm like I know I should not be talking like I don't know I just feel so um um self-righteous yeah think was I, was, your word. I was like yeah this person has rubbed me the wrong way and I'm feeling offended by it and I don't want to feel that way I know it has everything to do with me and nothing to do with this person I know this person is just trying to be nice and be compassionate but it's coming across to me as almost patronizing and I, it was I, you know I just had to call Vicky and like tell on myself and Vicky did, did not commiserate with me she's like yep well good thing you're going to a meeting you know <laughs> so, you know and that, that was good and you know mm -hmm. but I did I had that 
icky feeling and I didn't want to walk into the meeting with that and I didn't want the meeting to be about that. So I called someone I trusted and I did. I let it go. I didn't even think about it until just now again because the situation was, you know, this was an appropriate story for that. Right. So um, I think that's a good point. But yeah, sometimes we do look just to to Just to gossip. Yeah. Well, and like we talked about, I think in an episode a while back, is that that's a real easy way to anchor with another human and mm-hmm. communicate is that gossip Negativity, piece. yeah. And that was one of the hard ones to let go of in terms of character defects when I first got sober mm-hmm. because that one, I mean, I love telling jokes about people and making fun of things. And, you know, I'll do myself. I'll self-deprecate, but I'll equally do other people that I, you know, think are behaving a little asinine and and so letting go of that behavior was hard but but now when I do it I really feel it it's in my body I notice right. it you feel bad. Mm-hmm. yeah awesome well this is a great segue into forgiveness yes it isn't is. it and we will start the uh this portion of our episode with the with definition, definition corner definition corner it's our DC I just came up with that <laughs> so uh, forgiveness is letting go of past grudges or lingering resentments or anger against a person or a situation. Letting go. Let go of that shit. Okay, so I have to go back to my original acceptance not being real um, because you can't really let it go. You know, you, like what your whole thing that you were just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. You can say you're letting it go. But until you accept the feeling, until you walk through the feeling, until you say, okay, I'm feeling like this. Okay, I know it's my ego. Okay, you know, you have to work through that feeling. You can't go from noticing that you're annoyed with someone, saying, I forgive you, and then automate, like you have to go through the whole process of it. Which is the, that big light bulb that I had about there has to be an action connected to it. Yep. You don't just magically let go. There has to be some sort of action. And figuring, Well, what is that action? I was going to say, and that's what we have to figure out. How do you let go? I think making sure that at the end of the day, you are honest and true and you feel like your integrity is still intact. And if it's not, you need to make amends. And when I say you, I mean I. I don't need to be bossy. That sounded bossy. Um, by making amends, though, you are you are taking your part in the responsibility of whatever situation happened or whatever happened with the person that you feel bad about. And then you can move towards learning th- from that. It's a growth opportunity. Well, I think also it helps to deter resentments from mm-hmm. from um, anchoring in your soul. Right. Because when you're doing it on a daily basis, because sometimes it's not your it's not your thing to let go of. Sometimes what happened was was you your side of the street was clean, but when you're looking at it every single day. And when your side of the street isn't clean, taking responsibility, when you realize that, okay, that happened and you understand it's not about you and it's about somebody else's behavior and, you know, going through that every single day mm-hmm. is really hard to develop deep resentments. Right. And again, that's your daily inventory, which we talked about and making direct amends immediately, not letting it go. And Part that's part of the forgiveness piece. Maybe I should read the questions that we do in this actual yeah. step because yeah. they're really kind of, I think they're good for anybody. I don't think this is 
you know, recovery has the market on it. Hang on. Oh, this okay, is just good therapy. So this is nightly inventory. And um, I actually did it yesterday. Yay. I do it on an app. I have a fabulous There's app. There's an app for that. Yep. So it says, when we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Were we resentful? The next question is, were we selfish? The next question is, were we dishonest? The next question is, were we afraid? The next question is, do we owe an apology? Then, have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? It's a lot of questions, people. Mm -hmm. We do work here in this recovery program, I will tell you that. We work hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> were we kind and loving toward all? What could we have done better? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? And then it says, be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. So that's important, right? We do go through these things, but they're not a battering ram. They're a way to work through these issues that we might stumble into every day and it's it's just for me a really good outline and reminder to be to be be straight up mm -hmm. and then kind of be aware of it the next day because if i'm thinking about it one day the next day i'm going to go if i see myself going through the same things many days in a row then i know there's a problem right well and that's i think where i get stuck we we go through all those things we clean our side of the street and we're still hurt and we know that probably the only way we're going to get rid of that hurt is to let go. And by letting go is forgiveness, right? Isn't that what we're kind of figuring out is if you let go of your hurt and your anger and your resentment, then you have forgiven them. But what if you just can't let go? The hurt is so deep and far reaching. What happens then? Well, that's when your fifth step comes in. Mm -hmm. That's when you have to do the work and figure out what you're doing and what it's triggering in you. It's kind of the same thing as the right. four agreements. What is this triggering in you? Mm -hmm. Whether it's something they did to you, because sometimes when things happen to you, you're abused or whatever, you didn't do anything wrong to be abused, but what the problem is is you're holding on to that abuse mm -hmm. and you're, you're continuing to relive that situation and be angry and grow, right? Right. Think about letting something go. It's that not sitting in that morbid reflection um, or worry you know, catching yourself in the, the repetitive thoughts. And even if it, you only can distract your mind for another minute, thinking of something else, mm -hmm. you know, not sitting and replaying the event and the event over and over and over again, like stopping yourself and thinking about something else. Right. I don't know. Yeah, because I didn't mean that they should like automatically oh. forgive their person. I hope that didn't come across that No, no, that no. Way. No, I was just thinking of this just totally like it was no, a weird that's coincidence important. that I It had, is important. Because I, I have always had, well, and I've been breaking down a lot of my previously held beliefs about a lot of things lately. But I do hear people say that as like, oh, forgiveness is the way to healing. But I couldn't even imagine, you know, someone telling me I had to forgive someone who hurt me so badly in order for me to feel better. I, I think it is. Well, that's hard to understand. It is hard and to understand. Hard it to is hard to understand. Feel. And it's like, then that is a whole nother conversation. How do you get to that point where you can heal? Right. Like where you're not holding on to that hot potato. I remember my therapist used to tell me, you don't have to catch the hot potato, Vic. If it's coming, you don't have to catch it. Mm -hmm. You can let it fall to the ground, you know, mm -hmm. so you don't hurt yourself because sometimes catching that other person's stuff, that hot potato, that they're not meaning to hurt you, but it's 
it's going to hurt you if you catch it. So, yeah, that's a that's a big topic. That is good. What Going back to what Bree was talking about, um, I've always found it interesting. I've watched true crime, you know, like Dateline 2020 for a year. I mean, year 20 plus years. And it was always interesting to me, these heinous crimes would happen and the families that would say, I forgive you, they weren't doing that for the person that committed the crime. They are doing it for themselves. And that's a special level of grace. But I think it's also a good example of people finding that thing inside themselves to understand the only way they can move on with their lives is to forgive a person for what happened to them as collateral damage. Yeah. You know, and, and when, so when we're talking about, no, we don't, you don't have to forgive someone for really, really hurting you, but grand picture, you know, looking at the forest instead of just the one tree for you to have that life that's going to move forward. Cause that's what we're always talking about is to keep trudging, you know, the relentless forward motion. I think you do have to forgive and forgiving is letting go. And you're not going to be able to, if there's still a part of you that's hanging on to some of that stuff that that person did, that's when Vicki was talking about the fifth step. We look at what did that trigger? And I remember my therapist, you know, one of the first, and this is very typical, they ask you to write a letter to your five-year-old self because that's when that hurt happened. Mm. And when we write that letter, that's when we figure out what we're protecting. And by someone hurting you again, that's triggering whatever that hurt was that happened. And when you forgive someone, think about all that energy that you're putting in mentally, emotionally, physically, that you're putting into that pain, right? That resentment, that anger, that frustration, that it's not fair, that victim, right? When you let that, when you can work through letting that go, I mean, this is the power of the steps, really. Mm -hmm. But when you can work through letting that go, there's so much more space and time for love, for self-love, for, Mm -hmm. I mean, and something I do want to talk about was something you brought up before the episode was self-forgiveness. And I think that is something we don't talk about enough. I mean, we even need to forgive ourselves for not being able to forgive people. Yeah. That, that was a really important part. And I didn't hear that conversation, but when I was driving here today, I was thinking about the most important person to forgive is ourselves. And we as addicts have done some very shameful things, um, whether it was just only we thought inflicting harm upon ourselves, but we've got to forgive that. And again, it's, it's like it's that five-year-old that's just protecting themselves. You've got to forgive that. And you are the only one, as our friend says, the good news is you're the problem. So then the only thing you have control over is yourself. So you can you can find a way, figure it out through, you know, your resentments and your anger, what it is that you need to forgive yourself for and work on that. This is a this is a heavy topic. It is. And it's beautiful because there there's always a way out. Always. And I saw a thing on Facebook this week. Um, there, um, The federal government is doing a special prefix for a suicide hotline, which I think is so freaking fantastic. And this time of year, especially, things get magnified so mm-hmm. much. Um, all of our hurt and pain and loneliness and anger and sadness, all of that stuff is so magnified because of the society puts all these expectations on us for what we're supposed to feel, what we're supposed to do during this you know, holiday time. And that you know, if we could just learn to forgive and let go, maybe we we would be able to start on that healing journey. And I didn't know that for so long. I mean, for so so long, I just it was conceptually not even um, attainable. Or, well, it's not a skill set that I, mm-hmm. that I had. I mean, I right. would I was real good at holding a grudge, mm-hmm. and I thought I was protecting myself. 
but that person hurt me, so they don't get in. And but but here's what happened to me. Then I closed off to everyone. Then I wouldn't even allow the good people or the bad people near me. And I, and I was hurting myself when I did that. And that's what this like coming into our twelve step program has allowed me to open up myself more. Right. Well, and I was just going to say for self-forgiveness, I um, holding on to that stuff, like beating myself up and having all that guilt um, was just self-pity, really. A lot of it was, I mean, it's shame. And then it's also, I would like to sit in the self-pity. and But you can't change the past. That's just the end of it. It's like you, you cannot change it. So what do you... What can you do right now? And like you said, Lynn, let go. Even if it's only for a moment and then the thoughts come back, let go for the next moment. You know, the thoughts come back. And then eventually all these things that I was ashamed about and I was so upset that I had done to other people and I'd done to myself and the way I treated myself and treated other people after cleaning my side of the street with, you know, most of it. But then also just with time and me redirecting my thoughts and when these you know, you know, you get those moments where you do have a flashback of something really shameful you did. And you're like, <gasps> you just like your heart sinks into your stomach because it just everything that comes flooding back. I used to sit there and through forgiving myself, like I don't sit there like those are fleeting moments. And I go, yep, well, I don't live that way anymore. And that's for me. I think I can accept my forgiveness to myself now because I know that I don't live that way anymore, right. too. Yep. And I tell myself, hey, if I don't go back then I'm not, you know, that's kind of like a living amends to myself and to those people too. You know, if I don't go back, then I don't have to hurt myself again anymore. Right. So you're giving yourself a roadmap. Those are your conditions to not be the victim, to not live in self-pity. You're you're giving yourself directions on how to live that life that you want to. And what you said about if it's only for a moment, you know, they talk about that with grief and, and the thing with healing, as you said earlier too, is it takes time and, and you to recognize those little moments. It's like if you wake up in the morning and your first thought isn't that bad thing, then recognize it and you might go to that bad thing and you're like, but hey, my first thought wasn't that. Well, and something I'd like to ask you guys of how do you manifest living amends in your life? What what have what are some real life examples for our listeners of living amends that you've made? Well, a big one for me, and it's usually work related, of course. When and that's when I'm um, the hyper focused and say things that don't come across as kind and loving, and I am much better now about recognizing when I sound something, say something that sounds really sharp and I immediately apologize for it. Um, and I'm working on trying to stop it from even leaving my mouth. It's that muscle building. Um, well, I mean, there are so many examples of living amends in my life today, but when I think about my family, I think about how I show up and I show up to things sober and I help out and I want to be around them and I don't make them feel like second class citizens anymore because I used to do that. I used to show up and be pouty and um, leave early, come late, just really just disrespectful, um, entitled. And I and I don't do that anymore. I'm very conscious of, you know, making sure that my family always feels loved and that I, I offer to help and and do my best. And then a lot of you know, another big part of my living amends is just not drinking, right? So like my living amends for my DUIs is, you know, not drinking. So because if I don't drink, I can't drive, you know, well, if I don't drink, then I can't drive drunk, right? right. So, you know, trying every day to just not pick up that drink so that I don't have alcohol in my system, I don't drive. Um, and then 
I mean, living amends for myself is really just letting myself be healthy, living amends, coming to a meet, like going to meetings and um, just being sober, I guess, for myself, right? So I don't have to put myself through the trauma of, right. you know. That's really good. How about you, Vic? Being on the roller coaster of the insanity of our disease, whether we're drinking or not drinking. Um, right. Okay, so you just made me think of a couple things, but the biggest living amends I make today, and it doesn't even have to do with drinking anymore, it has to do with um, other addictions that I have, like the telephone or um, my need to constantly be doing something. And, and I, I really apologize. I know, I mean, maybe I have ADD. I'm, I don't know. But, I mean, even when we're sitting, sitting down, it's really tough for me to sit still. Um, and I do it here, though. That's good. Um, but I do have to hold my microphone because I move around a lot. So. And you move your hands a lot. I, I wish, do. I, I know. wish y'all could see. I know. <laughs> Gesticulate. Well, I do something. But she pontificates sometimes Being too. present, putting everything else down, mm-hmm. giving someone the gift of looking them in the eye and being there, that's a living amends. And I have to practice that. That's still, that is, that is probably my biggest character defect that I want to work on today, that, I, that I'm right. consciously working on is being present in the moment in all things. When I'm checking out at the grocery store, when I'm, you know, being aware that human beings just want to be heard. They just simply want to be heard. When we ignore people, that's the meanest thing we can do. It hap- like My biggest fear in life always was rejection, which is why I put up that wall. But I want to talk about when you were talking, Brie, there is this um, exercise that my sponsor had me do when I was around eight and nine. Um, and those are the amends Years steps. old? Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I was 30, probably 38 at that time. Um, but it was, I wrote down all the bad things that I did when I was drinking. So if I drank, uh, drove drunk, uh, didn't show up for family engagement, all these things, this whole list of things. And my my page was filled, like, there were two columns, and then I was even writing on the side in the margin, like, the other way. I mean, it was all kinds of writing, and my sponsor told me to do that, and I did it, and I'm like, okay. And she's like, now what I want you to do is scratch off all the things that you would never do again if you don't just pick up a drink. And there were so many things eliminated. Like, I would never get a DU. I would never drive drunk again if I don't pick up a drink. Bam, that one is off. So then when you get down to it, those other things that you did seem so much more manageable. You realize that how much your drinking or your addiction had to do with your behavior. And it, it, it is less shameful. When you see it on paper, there's something about that exercise that I remember looking at that paper. I can just picture it in my mind's eye right now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there were so many things that were scratched off. I wouldn't lie to my husband. I wouldn't, you know, I mean, it's just outrageous how cool that is. Well, and I think maybe the reason why it feels better. Okay, well, I think that list helps you get to forgiveness of self because you realize a lot of it wasn't you. It was your drinking Mm -hmm. um, because you're really not that awful and terrible of a person when you're not using or drinking. And so that helps alleviate some of the shame is like because we think we're such awful, terrible, shitty people but we're really not. We've got good hearts and we want to be the best people we can be, but we can't when we're drinking and we're in our addiction. So I think that's why that to me is why that list is so powerful. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm not a bad person. I was just making lots of bad decisions. Right. And that's why journaling is so important. 
<laughs> but he went, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I need to do more of that. I, I was too. just talking to my sponsor about it. And mm. I need to journal a little bit more. I need to journal. <laughs> Period. Well, Period. We, same Lynn. We just got a, a Christmas present of a journal. So I know. that's, well, it's you know, funny. Apropos. Um, I've gotten better about a more regular meditation practice. And since then, I think I talked about a couple of weeks ago how because I'm getting rid of that clutter in my brain, I have these thoughts pop in my head. And it was last week that I'm like, I really feel like writing. And I did for like 20 minutes. And that's just it. I don't have to write anything profound. I just need to write. And and because of this more serene brain that I seem to be acquiring, journaling seems a lot more attainable. And it also seems manageable where before there was no way because there was just too much garbage. There was way too much garbage between my ears. That's normal. I, I, yeah, I think that way all the time. What's helped me with journaling is not having any expectations mm-hmm. for what it has to be. You know, if it's bullet points, it's bullet points. If it's pictures, if it's words, sentences, paragraphs, mm-hmm. if it's how I feel or if it's just how, you know, what I'm doing in the moment, I'm like, okay. A rhythmic just, dance, an ar- interpretive <laughs> dance. Yes, I'm journaling my <laughs> rhythmic, rhythmic dance. Um, but no, it's, so I would work myself up about meditation mm-hmm. and journaling too. And I just yeah. finally had to be like, no, just a minute is good. Five minutes is good. 20 minutes is good. No expectations. Sit down, write write something on the paper. I had to go through two days of very uncomfortable dental work this week. And the first time I was so worked up and my blood, because they take your blood pressure. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm sure it's because of this. And she's like, oh yeah. When I came back the second time, my blood pressure, listen, and I was on blood pressure medicine for like 10 years. I just went off this year. My blood pressure was 115 over 64. And because is that the, good, yeah, yes. one twenty okay. over eighty is normal. And um, the the when I was there two days before, I started trying just breathing, and I wasn't trying to do anything else. And then when I did this, the whole time I was imagining the stream with the leaf because that's my visual that I always go to with meditation. Yeah. So I was breathing, and I had the stream with the leaf, and it worked. That was at the the retreat that we met each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I, and I, you know, I got to talk about what what brought us all together when I was on a different um, podcast this week. And I don't know if I did us justice, but I think I did. We talked about a lot of different yeah. things. But, um, yeah, I'll take that out because that doesn't make any sense to the conversation. But should we talk about our golden nuggets? Yeah, let's do some golden nuggets up in here. Um, can I go first because I have a really, really funny one. Okay, good. Um, back when Vicky was talking about direct amends and if you're, you can't always make it to the person that you did it to, but um, try to pay it forward. Basically, you, I couldn't understand if you said jackal or jackhole. Either <laughs> one was hilarious, and I kind of hope it was jackal. Me too, it was jackal. Yes. <laughs> so that was that was that. <laughs> and I just had, to, and I didn't want to say anything then because it was, she was really talking about good stuff, so I didn't want to break it up. But I had, had to bring it back because I'm like, that is so awesome that she used jackal. Well, it's it's funny because when I before you go there, when I was ha- having kids that were in grade school, I used to get really annoyed with the other drivers that were dropping off their kids, uh, and I would call them jackals or kookaburras because <laughs> it wasn't swear words, but it got the feeling out. Yeah, it got the feeling out. Um, the other one Vicky had was letting uh, go of resentments, anchoring your soul, and it's Bree had said something uh, kind of similar a couple weeks ago about tethering your soul, and I really like that. I like how we can let go like cut the strings on negative things that really weigh our soul down. And I just thought that was really 
beautiful. And then when Bree said let go, even if it's just for a moment, that's a victory. And I think that's a good way to look at it is even if it's just for a moment, you've got a victory there and it's only going to get better. I have two. My first one was letting go. I have to make sure that I take the action. That was when you said that at the top. I mean, that's so important, and I've never really looked at it that way. I've always looked at it, yeah, you have to do the work, but there is action in, in, in getting to actual letting go and acceptance. And then my other one was Brie, of course. You can't change the past, and you just have to move on from it. I mean, you can't. Mm-hmm. And, we, and that's part of the serenity prayer that we say at every meeting. And it's really hard to accept the past, but when we realize that just worrying about it isn't doing us any good, it's a victory. Alrighty, and my golden nuggets were same thing as you, Vicky, that Lynn had said about cleaning my side of my side of the street is the action that I take to help let stuff go because things just don't magically let themselves go. There is action that comes with it. If you want to take it, it's helpful to do that. And then your lists, Vicky, the mm-hmm. columns that you did and how having living amends is self forgiveness and maybe just putting that down on paper just to see how much of the just just all the the, yeah that there weren't you weren't a bad person they were just bad decisions so it's okay to forgive yourself for the things you did back when you were drinking um and I mean even today like just I mean we make mistakes all the time and we're not drinking I think that just helps put some perspective on it that it's like you know we're okay. We're good people. It's okay. You know, don't need Mm -hmm. to beat myself up and have shame. I can forgive and let that go. Right. And especially during this time, the holiday season, there's a whole lot of forgiveness that needs to happen. And it starts with ourselves and with others. Yeah. You know, um, remember that thing that we talked about, like when you get a whole bunch of stressed out people in one room with expectations, uh, tr- right? <laughs> try to be, try to be, try to be the uh, flow or mm-hmm. the the leaf on the stream, um, guiding everybody, and yeah. just be the example of that calmness if you can. Sure, because you know what water does; it doesn't try to push it down, push the rock down. It goes around the rock. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna wrap it up with that. Yeah, that was beautiful. It this was. was, yeah, this was awesome. I needed this. At today. first, I thought it was gonna be hard because we were talking about it, and it was like, holy cow, there's so much to this, but. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys inspire yep. so much in me to take this stuff out into the real world. Absolutely. And I th- I do feel like a lot of times what we're doing is peeling wallpaper. And you, there might be like 17 layers of wallpaper we got to go through. But each each layer is a step. And, you know, they always tell us we're onions and we're peeling away our layers of hurt and shame. And forgiveness is so important uh, for that to happen. And forgiving others so yeah. that they can peel away their layers. Yeah. That's that's a gift when you can give for the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. To accept accept theirs, give them that. Even if it doesn't bother you. Sometimes, you know, it's like mm-hmm. somebody makes an amends to you and you didn't even realize like, like you weren't carrying it around, but they were. <laughs> so it's good. You just tell them like, Oh yeah, I forgive you, not minimize it and say, Oh, I I haven't been thinking about it. You just say, Oh, well, thank you for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I for, I totally forgive you. That's a wonderful like, gift. Like let them heal, you know. And you know another gift you could give? Rate us, review, subscribe. (laughs) On Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you heard, share it. There's a little button you can share our episode. We love listeners. Tell all your friends. And we'll keep telling on ourselves. Yep, tribe in. Tribe Tribe out. out.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Telling on Ourselves. Please rate, review, share, subscribe, download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want more Telling on Ourselves, please find us and follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Telling on Ourselves. Tribe out.